Well, today on this Easter Sunday, we're going to discover how we can find freedom from our sorrow. And uh, to introduce this topic, I want to show you a little video called Empty. Uh, now, if you're listening on the podcast, people up there, uh, check out sermonspice.com, Empty, the video Empty. Let's watch it now. I want to show you this. Teary when I watch that video, do you? <laughs> well, if you don't, it's okay. But I love that film. I love that clip. Well, today, maybe you feel empty because of disappointment, because of depression, because of heartache, anxiety, relationship breakdown, or because of some other trouble. Or maybe that's not you today, but you know what it feels like to be empty. I think we all know at times what it feels like to be empty, don't we? But today, because of the empty tomb, we don't need to feel empty. We can be restored and live in hope because He is risen. Today, because of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, we can live in victory over our sorrow. We can be free from our sorrow. Do you want that? Do you want that? Well, to find answers to our sorrow and pain, we're going to look at the incredible impact Jesus had on the life of Mary Magdalene today. A woman who was once greatly troubled, but when Jesus set her free, he set her free indeed. And as we look at her story, we're going to discover that we too can be free from the emptiness and sorrow in our lives that we struggle with. So let's get straight into it, because Christ can give you freedom from your sorrow because Jesus restores us. Jesus restores us to live for Him. Now, from the get-go, let me say, Mary's story of restoration doesn't begin at the resurrection. No, it begins when she meets Jesus. And that's true for many of us too, isn't it? Our story of restoration begins when we first meet Jesus. <laughs> you see, like many of us, Mary was in bondage be before she met Christ. In fact, her bondage must have had a devastating impact on her life. Because the scriptures describe her like this. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons come out. It's difficult for us to fully grasp the pain and the bondage these demons must have put her through. I think the closest most of us have come to such an experience is watching a scary horror movie. But when you read the scriptures, you see the terrible impact that demon possession had upon people. They were tormented, they were lonely, they were damaged. This was Mary's condition before she met Jesus. But when she met Jesus and encountered the power of the King, everything changed for her. Have a listen to the full story of Mary in Luke 8. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, 
Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, did you catch that? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus had set Mary free from her bondage to those wicked demons, and now, now she was an ambassador for the kingdom of God as she selflessly supported Jesus and his disciples. Now, now she was a model of what others should see in Christians. She was a model for others, other followers of Christ. Once she was enslaved to Satan, now out of grateful love she was free to serve Christ. Jesus had restored her to live for him. Now that's the ultimate makeover, don't you think? Not some TV show where in an hour they do a little bit of painting, but a radical transformation from a demon-possessed woman who would have been called mad to a woman completely in her right mind and living for the kingdom of God. God's in the business of restoration. But this story is not limited to her. Jesus has the power to restore each one of us too. He has the power to break our bondage and transform us into new people who gratefully live for him. The question is, what's holding you down? Do you want Jesus to fully restore you in your life? Well, if you have any doubts about what may bind you, God's word lays out some of our vices but it also tells us how we can be restored, saying this. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, did you hear that last part? When you come to Christ, God washes you clean from your sins. He forgives you. He makes you squeaky clean before God. He sanctifies you. So now, because of Christ's work, God declares that you're holy and he justifies you, meaning he acquits you from all wrongdoing. He makes you right before God. He says, not guilty. How does God do that? Well, this is all made possible through the work of God's Spirit in your life that enables you to confess that Jesus is Lord and changes you to become more like Jesus, restoring you to become more and more like Christ himself, freeing you from the chains of sins that once bound you. Friends, it's no wonder Jesus was a carpenter because God is in the business of remaking and restoring you. You just need to follow his lead by following his word and relying on His Spirit's power to help you live in victory over your sin. That's our journey. So friends, what's holding you back? What's holding you back from Jesus completely restoring you in your life? Jesus can forgive your sins. He can heal your guilt and shame. He can help you to overcome your sinful habits and use you mightily to then help others find that same freedom and restoration. Friends, today, 
Jesus can set you free from the emptiness and sorrow that sin causes you. So why don't you confess and put your faith in Christ today? Why don't you start reading God's Word and relying on His Holy Spirit to give you victory over your sins today? And if God has helped you to overcome in your life, why don't you help others in the same way God has helped you? Let me say to everyone here today, don't leave here today without doing business with God. Our time is short. The stakes are high. The road is narrow. Throw yourself upon Christ's mercy. Ask him to forgive you and save you from your sins. Because the scriptures say, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, from all that's been said, I think it's fair to say as Jesus restored Mary and gave her freedom from the sorrow in her life, he can do that for you and I too. But how do we overcome sorrow when we face death or discouragement or failure? Well, to answer that, we need to look at how Jesus helped Mary overcome the sorrow of Jesus' death and how he helped the disciples overcome their discouragement. How did he help them overcome? Well, it's simple. Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. Now, when we face death, how does Jesus give us hope when all seems hopeless? Well, who knows the answer? How does Jesus give us hope when all seems hopeless? You can say it, you can say it out loud for me. Well, tell me, how does Jesus give hope for the hopeless? What do you think? What does he do for us? If you're not sure, I'm going to tell you in a moment. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. How does Jesus give hope for the hopeless? Well, it's gloriously simple, isn't it? We can have hope because Jesus has conquered death itself so that we can live again too. As the scriptures say, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news of Easter. Death has been overcome. It's not the end for us. It's merely a speed hump on the road to eternal life. It's merely a doorway into everlasting life. Where, O death, is your sting? Jesus has overcome you for us all. But listen again to Mary's experience of this victory as she weeps bitterly at the empty tomb, blinded by her grief and her misunderstanding and pain. Let me read it to you again and have a listen. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him. I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him. 
and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Friends, here's a woman who loved Jesus with all her heart. She lingered at the cross when the the crowds had left. She was one of the few present when Jesus was laid in the grave. She even stayed at the empty tomb when the disciples disciples had left. And so here in our story, Jesus rewards that love because she was the first to see Jesus after he rose from the dead. Now, I love this story because Jesus not only honors those who most earnestly seek him, and he does. He honors those who most earnestly seek him. But also because we see Jesus' clear compassion and love toward her when he calls her by name, Mary. She immediately recognizes his voice and her deep distress turns into pure joy. Her sorrow to laughter. Her confusion to clarity. Her pain to glorious pleasure. As she exclaims, teacher. And we know from the account in Matthew that she threw herself at Jesus' feet. Jesus, her Lord and ours, is alive. And now we too will live forever in glory if, like Mary, we put our trust in Christ, our King. If, like Mary, we throw ourselves at his feet that he might lift us up now and forever. Death is not the end for us. Now that's Mary's story. And what a story of restoration and hope. But what about the disciples? (laughs) We haven't heard anything about them at all today. Had Jesus forgotten them? No, he forgets no one. He leaves none behind. He offers them restoration and hope too. Have a listen to Jesus' closing words to Mary and the disciples. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. You can imagine, she doesn't want to let him go. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. That would have been pretty exciting for her when she told them that, eh? (laughs) Now get this. Jesus restores and gives hope to the disciples through Mary. How does he restore and give them hope? Well, listen to how kind and gracious Jesus' words are to his disciples. He asked Mary to carry a message to his brothers. He asked her to tell them that his father was their father and his God was their God. Man, it's only three days before that that they had all abandoned him and fled before him. Yet Jesus, their merciful master, speaks as if all was forgiven and forgotten. He doesn't hold any grudges. His first words aren't, where were you? His first thought was to bring back the wanderers, to heal their wounded consciences, to restoke their courage, to restore them to their former place, and to give them hope. 
That's what Jesus is like. He loves and restores deserters and backsliders like us, like the disciples. He has compassion on those who are broken and hurting. He gives hope to the empty. And I know this from personal experience. As David says in the Psalms, as a father has compassion on his children. And he's talking about a good loving father here. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Friends, Jesus will never leave or abandon you. If you come to him, he will restore you and he will give you hope. Because Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So just as he dealt compassionately with his wavering disciples on the morning of his resurrection, he will deal the same way with us who believe and love him. You see, Jesus promises us this. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And if that's not clear enough, have a listen to God's word to us. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Brothers and sisters, Jesus will never, ever abandon you. Others may, but Jesus never will. Jesus wants to restore and give you hope. That's his business. <laughs> Some of us are in the business of retail or hospitality. You know what Jesus is in the business of? Restoration and hope. That's his job. Jesus, restoration and hope giver. So why don't you come to him today to receive his restoration and hope? Mary did. The disciples did. I personally have. Many of you have. You can too. Why don't we pray and ask God to help us? Lord, many of us here today are silently suffering. Even on this Easter Sunday, a day where we rejoice, there is pain within us. There is heartache. We may be bound by sins that we can't seem to overcome. We may be struggling with anxiety or depression that doesn't seem to leave us. We may have all sorts of difficult situations in our lives that we feel overwhelmed by. Or perhaps today it's not us, but we know those who we love struggling this way. We pray today in the mighty name of Jesus that you would give hope here to those who feel hopeless. That you would restore those here who need restoration. Restore us, Lord, to live for you. Help us to know the goodness of the cross and the hope of the resurrection. Thank you that you could make Mary, a demon-possessed madwoman, into a gospel witness of Jesus, a model for us to follow. 
Thank you that you're in that business of restoration. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.